This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Tonight on Huckabee, best-selling author and research scientist, Dr. Todd Rose. Judith McLaughlin prepares an Irish coddle. Host of TVN Centerpoint, Doug McElway. Season 18 winner of The Voice, Todd Tillman. Trey Corley in the Music City Connection. And I'm your announcer, Keith Bilbrey. And now, here's Mike Thank you so much. We have a great studio audience here tonight. This is so much fun when they come and they have a pulse and they're breathing. And, uh, you know, we don't have to carry them out when the show is over and wake them up. It's great having this crowd here. Great having you with us. I'll tell you what isn't great. It is, it is gut-wrenching to watch the unarmed civilians targeted and murdered in Ukraine at the hands of the Russian invaders that are being directed by the evil president of Russia, Vladimir Putin. Just awful. Putin has managed to do something that no American political figure has been able to do in the past few years. He's actually united Democrats and Republicans who equally hold him in contempt for his assault, not just on Ukraine, but on human decency. I mean, the one point of division remains as to what, if any, involvement America should have in the war between Russia and Ukraine? Now, there are those who feel America should have no involvement at all. It's not our borders. It's not our freedom. Not our problem. Others are ready for the U.S. to send planes, arms, missiles, and perhaps even personnel. Ukrainian President Zelensky has not asked us for troops. He has asked for planes and ammo. And in fact, in what may be one of the great quotes of the century, Zelensky turned down an offer from the U.S. government to send a plane to evacuate him. And he replied, I don't need a ride. I need ammo. Wonderful line. Wonderful. <laughs> President Zelensky has inspired the world with his courage to stay and lead the fight to remain free and independent. He's made clear he doesn't expect America or Europe to come and fight his war. He just wants material that will help him fight back and save the lives of his people. Now, to those who suggest we not even provide arms assistance, I would respectfully remind you of what happened when the world turned a deaf ear to the cries of the Jews in Europe when Hitler targeted them for extinction. 13, well, 11 million murdered civilians later, 6 million of them Jews. The world then wondered for the past 80 years why we didn't engage sooner and help stop Hitler's maniacal and evil blitzkrieg across Europe. 
Russia hasn't attacked us, so yeah, we can't justify going all in to defeat Putin. And we, of course, run the risk of escalating the war, even to a nuclear conflict. But if I was standing on the street or in my yard and my neighbor was being viciously attacked by a game of thugs, should I stand, stand by with my arms folded and say, you know, it's not happening in my yard, not happening to my family, so no need for me to engage. Or should I attempt to stop the beating being delivered to my neighbor or even an elderly stranger, even if it involves risking my own safety? As a Christian believer, heck, as a human being, I think I know the answer. British Prime Minister Neville Chamberlain was an isolationist in the lead up before World War II. He believed in appeasement of the Nazis. He believed that if he just left Hitler alone, nah, Hitler would leave Britain alone. As bombs rained down on London and Liverpool and the rest of England, it became clear that appeasement not only failed to deter a monster like Hitler, it actually encouraged him. It was Churchill who rose to the occasion and led a massive resistance and ultimately a victory over the Third Reich. Today, I know of no one, no one who celebrates the leadership or rather the lack of leadership from Chamberlain. But I also know of no one who doesn't respect the determined, dogged defense of England that was led by Churchill. No one wants war. No one wants America to be pulled into one. But watching babies, moms, children, and unarmed elderly people murdered really does call for Christians to assist the relief work, to assist the over 3 million evacuees who have left Ukraine, and also an urging that our government provide some tools to President Zelensky and the Ukrainian people to turn back Putin's destruction of a nation and the slaughter of its unarmed citizens. I know some Americans fear what Putin might do if we help more. I fear that Putin will only carry out even worse war crimes and atrocities if we help less. Once every decade or so, I encounter a book that I consider to be a seminal work offering insights and provocative research that makes it a breakthrough book. Dr. Todd, Dr. Todd Rose has written just such a book. He's a former Harvard University professor, co-founder and president of the Populist Think Tank. He says, every one of us has something valuable to contribute to society, but much of what we believe is often developed by bad information and false assumptions. And it actually can lead us to be personally making very bad decisions, even causing us to act against our own best interest. His new book is just amazing. It's one of those once in a decade books. And it's called Collective Illusions, a brilliant work that I am thrilled to discuss with him tonight. Would you please give a great welcome to Dr. Todd Rose. I want to say how grateful I am to have you here. This is a, an incredible sort of look at America, what we believe, and it's not what we think we believe. 
about each other, is it? Right, yeah. The thing that was so shocking, you know, my think tank populist, we study what's called private opinion. Not just what people will say out loud, yeah. but what do they really think? And what we found in, in place after place, subject after subject, is we are spectacularly wrong about what the majority in America thinks and believes. And as a result, we often end up wanting to conform to the group. You know, yeah. no one likes to be against the group. And so our conformity gets weaponized and we end up following this phantom and, and we all end up doing something that almost nobody in the country really wants to do. During the early days of the pandemic, there was a perception that there was this massive toilet paper shortage and we all needed to rush to the store and get the last roll of toilet paper. And as a result, the shelves were empty. Was there a toilet paper shortage? No, and, and I, I love that you started with this one because I fell for it. I feel bad. You know, I, I wrote the book. And I feel I, better that you did. It, my, wife, my wife said, you know, maybe you should change the topic of your book because I became the one. I, I, knew, I actually know someone who owns a company that makes toilet paper. Yeah. I called him and I said, is this real? And he said, no. <laughs> but, Let me ask this question. How many of you went out and bought extra rolls of toilet paper because of, all right. So, so the, the cool yeah. kids, yeah, the cool kids. Some of them are not being honest. I know darn well they went out and bought toilet paper. <laughs> yes, they did. So <laughs> my, my problem was I knew for sure there was no shortage. Yeah. But I was convinced that everybody else thought there was. <laughs> and so I went there and I thought, well, I better get some, right? And yeah. so I'm there picking it up. I had, I mean, in our basement to this day, <laughs> we have enough for like Armageddon. And, you know... <laughs> But, and, and, you know, it's fun when it's toilet paper, yeah. right? Small things. What happens when that collective illusion is about our fundamental values as a country? Mm. About the way we want to treat one another? See, that's when it becomes very, very, really life-changing for people. So in the book, it's collective illusions. What is a collective illusion that is dangerous for America? So first of all, as, as we've been talking about, collective illusions are these instances where yeah. a majority of people in a group go along with something that they don't agree with simply because they incorrectly assume everybody else in the group believes it. They become destructive. I'll, I'll tell you the one for me okay. that I think is the most destructive right now. We did something called the American Aspirations Index at Populous, looking at the private aspirations that Americans have for the future of the country. Here's what's crazy. Before we gave people this private opinion instrument, we just asked them, do you think we're more united or divided as a country? 82% said more divided. Half of those people said extremely divided. Worse, when you split by who you voted for in the uh -huh. last election, a majority of both sides said the other side no longer shares their values for the country. Okay? Mm -hmm. okay. And yet, when we put them through this private opinion instrument, completely different story. Out of, oh. out of dozens and dozens of possibilities of what you could want for the country, across all demographics, we share most of them in common, our highest aspirations. But we don't think we do. So, we so don't. when you say we share aspirations, what are some of those aspirations so that we share? This is what makes me so happy and hopeful. The things we share in common across all demographics are nothing short of core American values. We want to be treated equally, regardless of background, right? We want a fair shot at earning our own success, uh. right? And we really don't want this group-level grievance and expectation that we get handouts without earning it. We don't. And it, it's nothing short of we still want the American dream, right? 
Mm. That, that the problem is not that we are divided as a country. The problem is that we believe we are divided and the consequences become real as a result. So we end up acting out what we think everybody believes rather than what the truth is. It's why I love this book. It was so eye-opening. One of those that I just said, oh my gosh, this guy ought to be on every platform and he's here with us and we've got more questions for Dr. Todd Rose. You better stick around because we're going to find out what kind of impact our assumptions will have on our individual thinking and behavior, as well as on our communities. More with Dr. Todd Rose right after this. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. MikeHuckabee.com and sign up for his free newsletter and follow AdGovMikeHuckabee on Twitter. Welcome back. We're talking with Dr. Todd Rose. He's the author of this book. It is absolutely a page-turning, stunning revelation of what we're really about in this country. Uh, Todd, thanks for staying with us and continuing this discussion. When you talked about what we really believe deep down when we think we can be honest, I'm hopeful, I'm optimistic. And frankly, the last few years, it's, it's been so easy to be pessimistic and think this country is toast. Yeah. I, I think now we're gonna make it maybe. I, I do too. And, and look, if you're like me, throughout this the last couple of years, there's this feeling like, am I crazy? Or did the whole country go crazy like overnight? <laughs> Right? Yeah. Because I thought, I, I knew we had some differences, but I thought we had some common values. This is what I hear across the board. My progressive friends, my libertarian friends. Am I crazy or did the country go crazy? Some of them are, by the yeah. way. Just, no, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just sorry about And they're on Twitter, right? Um, <laughs> they're on Twitter. And, yeah, they're responding to everything I tweet. Right. <laughs> yes, they are. We'll hear from them soon. Yes, we will. But let's talk about some more things that are not what people perceive. What are some more collective illusions that people ought to know and might be surprised by. Well, look, not surprisingly, a lot of them have to do with our politics, but let me, let me talk about something that's a little more personal and, and close to home. What people mean by a good life. Hmm. What do they want out of life, Yeah, right? We, we did the largest private opinion study ever, looking at the trade-off priorities across 76 possibilities for what could be a good life. Everything from being a parent to being the richest person you know, right? Yeah. In private, the things that mattered most to Americans across all demographics had to do with character, relationships, religion, faith, yeah. right? They want to be good people, uh -huh. right? They want to live fulfilling lives. However, when you ask them, what do you think most Americans would say? It's a completely different story. They what, think everybody they is obsessed with status, wealth, power. Let me give you a, a yeah. finer point. The issue of fame. Yeah. Out of 76 possible trade-off parties, remember, you can't game these instruments, that, that you can't fake them. Yeah. 
we think that most Americans would rank that as the number one most important thing to a successful life. Fame. Yeah, which kind of seems right. right? We think everybody cares about it. In private, it's dead last. Dead last. 70s. Collective illusions don't get bigger than that. Wow. Now, here's the problem. This generation's illusions, if we don't do something, tend to become next generation's private opinion. Here's here's an example Mm. with fame. My colleagues at UCLA have been studying the way media and culture affects middle school children. They've done this for many, many years. Up until just a few years ago, the dominant theme every year was about character. They want to be honest. They want to be Mm. good friends to people. A few years ago, it changed, and it hasn't changed back. It's now I want to be famous. You know, I think every CEO needs to read this book because they have a different understanding of their customers <laughs> than, than is real. You know who else needs to read this book? Every pastor in America needs to read Collective Illusions and understand their congregation is not who they think they are. And I think this is really important because the, the two groups you just named, leaders and pastors, have an outsized effect on shattering Collective Illusions, right? Uh-huh. And so by falling for the illusion and, and not shattering it, we are allowing it to be promoted, right? So, for example, we looked at um, what people want out of work. Yeah. You know what they don't want? Out of 50-some-odd possibilities, they don't want leaders taking social positions all the time. They just don't. Like, stay uh, out of it. Just focus on my job and what brings me fulfillment. What a novel idea. If right? you sell soft drinks, just sell me the soft drink and leave me to decide yeah, my politics. Exactly. And, you know, and I think that there's a role, especially for, for pastors, mm. right? Because the only way out of these illusions, the only way, is if we commit to being true about our private selves in public, right? It's a civic obligation. I owe you to be honest, yeah. right? And that has always been the call of our faith leaders, right? Call us to our better angels. Uh. Remind us about our obligations to one another. If we can recommit to that, We'll be just fine. You know, I found myself in reading the book thinking, this is a better sermon than most of the ones I've heard from pulpits because of what you just said, calling people to be who they really are and not pretending to have feelings and emotions. But there is a sense in which people wear their feelings on their sleeve and they get offended by everything. Is that real or is that a collective illusion? (laughs) This is my favorite collective illusions. So in private, an overwhelming majority of Americans say, listen, I really wish people would be more honest with me. I like hearing different views, right? I want that. Um, But they are so convinced that other people are so sensitive that they just can't handle differences of opinions, right? Which from our research is why we know this, that two thirds of Americans right now admit to Mm self-silencing. Two thirds. That, That is four times higher than during McCarthyism. That's scary. Yeah. And, and, it's not just cancel culture, right? Which is its own huge problem. Yeah. It is that we're decent people who don't want to offend one another. And so because we, are, we think everybody's so sensitive, we just say nothing. And meanwhile, we allow this vocal fringe to end up masquerading as group consensus, and it leads us astray as a society. I'm so glad you have been here. Collective Illusions is the book. And uh, I hope that you will get a copy because, uh, and again, I say every leader, every pastor, if you're the head of the Rotary Club, whoever you are, Collective Illusions, it's available right now. You can check out Huckabee.tv. We'll tell you exactly where to find this book and a whole lot more from Dr. Todd Rose. 
Keith Bilbrey, he's been reading up on what's next on the show. So, Keith, why don't you give us the report? Well, coming up, stand-up comedy laughs with Larry Weaver. Later, winner of The Voice, Todd Tillman. More Huckabee is on the way. Welcome back. Larry Weaver is a top corporate speaker and a very funny comedian. He's performed with stars like Ray Romano and Weird Al Yankovic, one of my favorites. Now, you've heard him on Sirius XM. Maybe you've seen him on Dry Bar Comedy. His special's called Law of the Country. Would you please welcome, for a little laughs, Larry Weaver. Thank you. It is great to be here. I, uh, I'll be honest, I was a little concerned that I would not make it. I, I rented this, this car, and it's a nice car, but every time I come to a stop sign, the engine shuts off. <laughs> Apparently, this is a feature to save gas. I didn't like it. It, it gave me a panic attack. See, when I was younger, I had an old junkie car, and it would also cut off when you came to a stop sign. <laughs> but it was not a feature. <laughs> I don't understand all this technology now. Do you know my washing machine at home has Wi-Fi? <laughs> what? I called the company. They're like, oh, it's so all the things in your house can communicate. I don't want the things in my house communicating. <laughs> What's my washing machine going to do? Send a text to the toilet seat? <laughs> hey, man, you up? <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. I am uh, I'm married, which is good. Uh, some, some women like a big burly man to protect them and keep them safe. And then there's women like my wife, who's apparently content to take her chances. <laughs> she is on her own. I like to be bigger. I joined a fitness class at the encouragement of Groupon. It's one of these boot camp classes where they have this big truck tire and People are flipping this truck tire. They're like, Larry, it's your turn. I'm like, uh, whew, I'm going to need something from a smaller truck. <laughs> Maybe you have something off a of Tonka? <laughs> I cannot flip a truck tire. I can't flip a mattress. <laughs> have you ever tried to flip a king-size mattress by yourself? <laughs> it's like setting a human-sized rat trap. Oh, man. I try to keep my wife happy. We had an anniversary. She's always wanted a custom closet. So we met with this company called California Closets. And she told them all the things she wanted in this closet. And they said, that'll be 
$35,000. I'm like, hold on, I'm trying to put the clothes away, not put them through college. <laughs> My wife did not get a California closet. I ended up getting her an Alabama armoire. That's the thing where you put your clothes in an old refrigerator on the front porch. <laughs> it's very convenient. I'm trying to be healthy. I'm doing a plant-based diet now because I'm easily influenced by Netflix documentaries. Yeah, it used to be it was just vegetarian, but now there's all different variations. For instance, if you eat mostly plants but some meat, you're a flexitarian. If you eat mostly plants and some fish, you're a pescatarian. If you eat mostly plants and drink alcohol, you're Episcopalian. Okay? Is that right? We'll get the fact checkers on that. If I need to, if I need to issue a retraction, I will. Don't quote me on that. Oh man, I'm from a small town called Saxpahal, North Carolina. Thank you. Appreciate that. I went to this little country church growing up. Those little churches where you call everybody brother so and so and sister so and so. When I was a kid, I thought we were all related. It turns out we were. <laughs> it's a very small church. When you grow up in the country, you have to be inventive. Uh, for instance, uh, in the winter, every time it would snow, my mom would make ice cream out of the snow. Call it snow cream. Take a gallon of milk, a bag of sugar, and snow scraped off the molded deck railing. <laughs> that is some hillbilly haagen -Dazs. It was like briars, but with actual briars. <laughs> My dad, he was a bit of a hoarder. He was always bringing home furniture he found on the side of the road. If my dad was behind you on the highway and something fell off your truck, well, it was his now. <laughs> That's the law of the country. We would spend our weekends just falling around people that were moving. <laughs> Waiting for them to go around a sharp curve. He's like, hold on, son, we're gonna get a new mattress. <laughs> I'm like, well, I can't help you flip it. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. I'm Larry Weaver. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, appreciate y'all. That was great. Thank you. Hillbilly Hagen dazs yeah. huh? Yes. Larry, great having you here. I can see why you're a popular guy on the speaking and comedy circuit. Hey, check out Larry's tour dates along with his dry bar comedy special. All of his booking information is available right now. Go to Huckabee.tv and you'll find the links to everything about Larry Weaver. And I have a feeling after tonight, you're going to want to. Keith, stop laughing long enough to tell us what we have next, but don't joke about it. Be serious. Oh, from Hillbilly haagen to Gourmet Irish Cuisine with Chef Judith McLaughlin. And later, Doug McElway talks TBN's new show, Centerpoint. Stay with Huckabee.
I'm pretty excited about this next segment. I know a lot of you are still celebrating St. Patrick's Day. That's why I wore my green tie that you've seen tonight. And we've got the perfect guest to help with that. She's a professional Irish cook, a tour guide to Ireland and Scotland, and the author of Irish cookbooks, The Shamrock and the Peach, and the upcoming Return to Ireland. Please give a hearty Irish welcome to Judith McLaughlin. Judith, great having you here. watching from Ireland. They are huge fans of the Huckabee Show. Isn't that cool? They watch it from Ireland. Your parents are Kenneth and... Olive. Kenneth and Olive. Your daughter is special. We love her, and we're going to let her cook for us right oh. here. And my, and my mother wants to know that, wants you to know that when you come on one of my tours to Ireland, yes. she wants to have you over to taste her coddle, and you have to tell her if my coddle tastes as good as hers. You're on, I'm telling you, because I love Ireland. I got to go, and it's just it's the most beautiful country, the nicest, most hospitable people in the world, and you cook like kings. Let's get oh. with it. Let's see what you got going, so, Judith. We're going to start off. We have some love in the pan because we have some bacon that has already been there and some onions. Mm. So we're going to take the sausages, okay. and we're going to basically just sear these a little bit. We don't want them to cook through, but we want to get that nice searing where they have that lovely, nice brown color. Yeah. So we're going to leave those. They take. You about won me four over at the iron minutes. skillet, by the way. I love oh, an iron thanks. skillet. Yes, I, I'm all about large cast mm. iron. They're amazing skillets. Okay. So we're going to move on from there, mm -hmm. and we are going to introduce the other part of the dish. Okay. And this is going to be the potato part. And of course, it wouldn't be an authentic Irish dish if we no. didn't have potatoes. All the rumors are true. Yes. We love our <laughs> potatoes in Ireland. <laughs> Got to be some Irish blood in me because I do love potatoes. Yes, I do. Okay. So, so we are going to, uh, you're going to help me with this. So okay. I, the first thing I'm going to do is add the sausages okay. to this. And these are the sausages that have been already seared. All right. And then we have the onions, and I'll let you add the onions just mm -hmm. evenly. Just now, did you uh, did you boil the potatoes or bake the potatoes? Or the, how did the you... potatoes at this stage are going to be raw potatoes? Okay, raw that, at this stage. Yes, okay. they're they're raw, and that's why we're just going to sear the the mm. sausages so that they're not fully cooked through. Get every last onion out of here. Like that. There we go. Yes to the table. The so onion. then the other thing is going to be the the coddle, the part. This is why it's called coddle. Dublin coddle. coddle. Now, it's not Dublin cuddle, although we do like to cuddle, cuddle. in Ireland as well. But the reason why it's called yeah. coddle, and I'll let you pour okay. that over it. Coddle is a cooking that it's basically cooking under boiling point. And it has, it's a very slow cooking and it's so succulent. The potatoes and the sausages mm. are going to be so soft when they come out of the oven. Mm. So we're going to move on to What our, is in that coddle? This is, the coddle is chicken stock. Okay. Got it. So, so then the third part of the dish is, this is one that has come out of the oven. We bake this for 40 minutes at 350 degrees. Okay. So when it comes out of the oven, it's going to look like this. Okay. And this is one that is lovely and warm. Do I get but to... But I need to finish it with a oh. couple more special finishing touches. The first thing is, is bacon. Now, I know in the South, you all love bacon. 
We love yes. bacon down south. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. And that's why the Irish and the Southern folks are kindred spirits. Because <laughs> we love bacon and we love our sausages. Yes. And we love our potatoes. So you know, it's all good. People from outside the South will come to us and say, talk for us. Just talk. We want to hear you. I say the same thing about people from Ireland. I love oh, the accent. It's thank beautiful. Thank you so much. Okay. So, so I will let you sprinkle the bacon, a little bit of the bacon okay. over this. Just right over the... Right uh, over this here. Mm. And then we have a final little special garnish, and that is fried sage. Now, what? when you fry the sage, it is wonderful. It takes off the... Really? The, the strong, pungent taste that it has. Hmm. And I love it, the pine and citrus taste of sage but just try frying it. It will just take it to a whole other dimension. So we're just going to scatter Getting a little bit. Getting every bit of the bacon in there. <laughs> this wonderful sage all over. And you fried it. It's, I've yes, never seen it. It's wonderfully crispy yeah. and it just tastes wonderful. So mm. we go to the best part, which is the time where you sample to let us know yes. what you really think of Irish food. Thought you would never ask. So yeah. Just dig so in. There's some here, some oh, that I've cut up already for cut you. up. And How I'm wonderful. going to have a little bit of kale salad that I'm going to... Forget the kale salad. I got meat and potatoes. <laughs> Look, honey, you were with... I was totally with you right up until you the kale salad. Now, you lost me on that, but we're going <laughs> to... And on top of that, we have Irish Do I meal. look like I eat a bunch of kale salad? Seriously. Mm. This is great. So you're the type of person I love to cook for. Okay, we'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> this is wonderful. Oh. oh, my gosh. And we have mm. some of our favorites. We have some Irish soda bread, and we have some sticky toffee pudding, which is one of my favorite desserts with a warm mm. sauce. Uh, so good. And we have... This is wonderful. Oh, thank you. Oh, my you. gosh. Glad you're enjoying it. How could you not? You know, oh. if you want to throw one yep. of those raw sausages over <laughs> to Keith... But I'm going to probably finish this this plate off. Oh. Man, I didn't have dinner, so this is great. Glad Trey, you're enjoying that, Gov. Trey, we've well, lost him. We're going to have to do the rest of the well, show by ourselves. But my new cookbook is coming out in, in August, so you can pre-order the cookbook at, you can, on Amazon or in any of your, your local bookstore. So th th was this recipe in the cookbook? Yes, this is a new recipe in mm. Return to Ireland. And the sticky toffee pudding is from my Shamrock and Peach, my current book. So it's a blend of both of my of my cookbooks. How wonderful to have you. Please oh. come back. Oh, thank you. Make stuff like this honored, again, so. and you can come anytime you oh, want to, Judith. You. Oh, my gosh. Wonderful. <laughs> now, you can pre-order your copy of Judith McLaughlin's great Irish cookbook, Return to Ireland. You can get that right now and pre-order it. You can also get information on how you can join Judith on one of her tours to Ireland and Scotland. I mean, how cool would it be to go with her to Ireland? Such a beautiful place. I, I think I'm going to make a trip myself with her. Just go to Huckabee.tv. You'll get all the information about the cookbooks, the wonderful recipes, and how to go to Ireland with Judith. Right now, our very own tour guide, Keith Bilbrey, who is not eating this stuff right now that I am, he's going to tell you what we have coming up on the show next. Sure looks good. Coming up, television journalist and anchor for TVN Centerpoint, Doug McElway, plus new music from Todd Tillman. You're watching Huckabee.
next week on Huckabee, Dr. Scott Atlas and Buddy Jewel. And welcome back, everybody. You know, I think the only thing that might be equal to that phenomenal, uh, wonderful coddle dish that I just had with Judith is the music of Trey Corley and the Music City Connection. Let's give them a big hand. I got to be honest, I'm still kind of uh, digging that... uh, Digging that Irish food, I really am. Hey, I gotta tell you something. TBN is launching a brand new daily show later this month. It's called Centerpoint. Its focus is on bringing you up to speed on the news with a level head. And of course, a Christian worldview perspective. Take a look at this. Across the country, an overwhelming number of people say the media no longer presents anything close to an accurate view of what's really going on in the world. I'm Doug McKelway, and I've been reporting the facts my entire career. I'm Belinda Lane, and I'm thrilled to be bringing you truth and perspective from voices of faith across the globe. I'm Eric Stackelbeck, inviting you to watch our new show, Centerpoint, on TBN. How much should these parents be trying to shelter and protect what the children know and don't know about what's actually happening in their country? Watch Centerpoint on TBN, a new show with thought leaders and decision makers who shape our world. Mark the date for the launch of Centerpoint, weekdays at 7.30 p.m. Beginning March 28th on TVN. And here now to tell us more, former Fox News correspondent and anchor for TVN Centerpoint, please welcome Doug McElway. Doug, great having you here. Thank you. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks, Jeff. You and I had the pleasure of being colleagues of a sort at yeah. Fox, even though we were in different worlds. You were yeah. living in the Washington, D.C. Bureau. I did my show out of New York at the time. But you're a pro's pro when it comes. And when they told me that you were going to be the one who would be anchoring the new news show, I thought how fantastic that is for the TBN audience to have your experience. Journalism is... I owe him money. Yeah, he... Well, that's true. Just give me a second helping of that Irish food. Uh, Journalism, and I'm talking about real journalism, is in your DNA, isn't it? It really is. I mean, literally going back centuries in my family... uh, a family of Presbyterian ministers, actually, going back to Scotland, uh, who, who emigrated this country in the early part of the 1800s. And uh, some of them stuck mm. with the pulpit and others turned mm. to the pen. Mm. Um, my great-grandfather was a, uh, a, a Presbyterian minister yeah. who left the ministry to come wash, uh, lobby against child labor in Washington and wrote the legislation which ended child labor in the United States at the, at the end of the uh, 19th and start of the 20th century. He had two sons. Uh, one of whom was my grandfather, uh, and other whom uh, was uh, my great uncle, who decided to go into journalism. My mm-hmm. grandfather, uh, after serving in World War I in the infantry, uh, got a job at the Washington Evening Star newspaper as a copy boy, a reporter, uh, city editor, managing editor, executive editor, president of Associated Press, uh, president of the American Society of Newspaper Editors, and a counselor to presidents from Herbert Hoover on to Lyndon Johnson's, the full wow. span of the 20th century, basically. That's pretty big pedigree. Well, his, the, the better story is, is my great uncle, his younger brother, yeah. who dropped out of high school 
as a 14-year-old guy hopped a freight train to the state of Florida from his home in Washington, D.C., and got a job as a newspaper man, and then eventually rose to become the managing editor of the New Yorker magazine. New Yorker. And one of the great writers of the, the New Yorker's heyday. That's amazing. It's, I mean, it is amazing. You know, really you were talking is. about some of people in your family took to the pen. Some of the people in my family were in the pen. That's the difference. <laughs> just just well, want to clarify that. So, uh, yeah. Um, tell us about Centerpoint. I'm excited about this. It's a totally new venture for TBN, and uh, you're really the... the, the I mean, the, not just the anchor of the show, managing editor of the content. So what will people see on Centerpoint? Well, it's kind of tabla rasa at this point, but we've got some, some sort of big ideas about who we want to interview and, and what we want to focus on. There's such an overwhelming uh, amount of information out there for everybody. Yeah. And it's, it's impossible for even experienced journalists to sift through it all. But that's what we're going to try to do, cull the wheat from the chaff in this situation. We're also subject to so much misinformation in this day and age and disinformation propagated in many cases by uh, special interests and by foreign governments who have tremendous influence in distorting the news. Uh, so you have that dynamic. You also have the dynamic of, of the combination of big tech and big government uh, isolating and silencing voices. You know, my grandfather, who was, who was editor of the Evening Star newspaper and President Associated Press, was a fierce defender of the First Amendment. Mm. I mean, he, during the Cold War years in the 1950s, and said that it was incumbent upon the press to, to police itself lest you get some policeman uh, bearing down on you, yeah. which is not what the First Amendment is all about. So I see this as an opportunity to, build, to really be responsible in our regard for the First Amendment. I think so, it's and, 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 and I'm probably the least perfect vehicle to be broadcasting news on a religious station. I've made every mistake you can make in adult life, <laughs> and I'm not joking about that. But I have a reverence for the Judeo-Christian ethic as it defines at the most basic level the American Constitution and our individual liberties. And I do think that our individual liberties are, are being threatened in this day and age with all of these factors that are weighing in. I think that's so true. And I, it's one of the reasons I think you're a perfect fit. Uh, the professionalism that you're going to bring to this newscast is just something that everyone at TBN is very excited about. There's something else you, you actually have in your background that a lot of people will never know if they've seen you do the news on Fox News. You're a banjo player, for heaven's sake. I'm a banjo sakes. player. You happen to have one with you that it was made by a world-class banjo maker named Steve Huber. Take a look Huber. at this beautiful instrument right here. He lives two miles from our theater and makes banjos for some of the great people of the world. You know, I think we ought to have you uh, play with Trey and the band. So here's what we're going to do. While Doug gets, sets up, gets set up, Keith, I want you to tell us how we can watch Centerpoint, and we're going to let Doug go over and play with the band a little bit with the banjo. Centerpoint launches right here on TBN on Monday, March 28th. Watch it weeknights at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Now, to learn more, go to Huckabee.tv, and don't forget to share it with everybody you know. Now, put your hands together for TBN's banjo playing anchor, Doug McElway.
Next, winner of The Voice, Todd Tillman. More Huckabee is on the way. As the humanitarian crisis in Ukraine continues and Russia continues its mindless and destructive aggression against innocent civilians, the men and women of Samaritan's Purse are stepping into the gap to bring practical help and the love of God to those in need. I hope you will visit the Samaritan's Purse website or call them today and be a part of the good work that God is doing through Samaritan's Purse. God bless and thanks. Todd Tillman became the pride of Meridian, Mississippi when he won season 18 of The Voice. America fell in love with Todd's soulful singing style of country, gospel, and classic rock songs. Slow Down is the title of his latest single. Would you welcome back to the show, Todd Tillman. Todd, welcome back, man. Great having you. Man, it's a pleasure to be here. You know, we loved having you before. You have such a great story. Yeah, thank you. And you and your wife have now written a book called Every Little Win. Yes, sir. And you guys, I mean, you grew up basically same town. You knew each other. Yeah. Got married. You've been married forever. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember the last time. I mean, it's been 23 years. Feels like 43 or yeah, so. Yeah. Okay. I'm, you will t- not go home tonight. <laughs> we'll get you a hotel somewhere. Yeah, um, if you no, can put I think me up just for the night. But it's a beautiful love story that yes, the two sir. of you have had. A partnership that has been great. One of the things I love about you, when I see you and visit with you, there is a radiance. I mean, there, it is visible. Some people... It's the makeup they put it I on. <laughs> that right makeup. No, I know what it is. It's the joy of the Lord in your heart. Oh, yes, sir. And it's very evident that that's who you are. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. I, you know, all of this, and it's, uh, it's so odd to me that people care, <laughs> you know, and so I just appreciate it. But I mean, you, you've lived in many ways an American dream. You grew up playing and singing, mm-hmm. but never abandoning what was really your foundation, and that's your faith. All right, yeah. I've always kind of thought that um, it's always been a theme in my life and something I used to teach when I, when I was a pastor. That, yeah. You know, I think it's important that for for me, at least, I think it's important that I understand that faith is not a part of my life, but instead my life is a part of my faith. That's a you know? be- Say that again, because so, I love know, that. Well, I'm just saying that my faith is not just some part of my life. Like, yeah. my life is a part of a greater faith. That you know? is beautiful. A, a greater story. Love that. So that's kind of, yeah. Absolutely love that. Um, tell us about the new song you've got just coming out, Slow Down. Uh, Slow Down, it just came out uh, about, actually just about a month ago. And it's um, uh, it's a song that I really wish I would have written. I, I think one of the writers is actually in the room tonight. Uh, one of the, uh, maybe more than one. <laughs> but uh, it's just a song about how um, really when we're young, it, there's no way. I wish there was a way, but it's impossible to teach us when we're young how important it is to live every day until mm-hmm. it's too late and then you got kids of your own and you're telling them, man, live every day. And then before you know it, all of those people that you love so much, are they're gone and you just yeah. have that legacy, you know? Great, great message from that song. Well, in a moment, Todd is gonna perform. As he gets ready, Keith Bilbrey, standing over there, who wants so desperately to tell the folks at home how they can get Todd's music and he's gonna do it right now. To buy or stream Todd Tillman's Slowdown, as well as all his great music and his latest book, Every Little Win, just go to Huckabee.tv for all the essential links. Now, while you're there, be sure to watch his online exclusive performance of Sunday Clothes. Now, here to perform with Trey Corley and the Music City Connection is Todd Tillman. 
I couldn't wait for graduation It seemed like forever away I couldn't wait to leave home And be on my own Daddy said, son, you'll miss this one day He said, slow down Just take your time, live it right now In the blink of an eye, you'll be right here Wishing you could go back to these years So lean more on the brake and Less on the gas, these days won't come back around Slow down I can see it more clearly these days Now I got a boy of my own From training wheels and happy meals To driving cars and breaking hearts Man, where'd the time go? Would you slow down, just take your time, leave it right now, in the blink of an eye, you'll be right here, wishing you could go back to these years, yeah. so lean more on the brain, and less on the gas, these days won't Wishing I could go back to hearing you laugh Saying, son, don't wish it too soon Dad, I wish I would listen to you Daddy, Thank y'all so, so much. I love y'all.